Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Five, four, three, two, one, go. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome to another edition of Football Fan Rush Radio. I am your host, Cass, and I am here with the amazing staff of Mike and Renard Live. So happy NFL Sunday, guys. What's going on? Good morning, good morning. It is a great day for football. I don't see Renard on yet. It is. So it seems like he might be having little problems, but he'll be on here in a little bit. Um, I'm excited. There he is. Um, just because we've already got two of our games, two of our teams out of the way. We only have two teams to talk about today. And then we have some other interesting, rather controversial uh, happenings around the league. You know, plus we got NCAA, which was great yesterday. I didn't get a chance to catch anything. Definitely, um, definitely, but, definitely. Oh, NCAA but, you know, was so. absolutely, 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 absolutely awesome. I mean, I kudos to the winner. And it was some amazing plays. But like you said, we'll get into them a little later. So apparently, Renard, are you there? Hello? Yes, I'm here. Good job. Well, good morning. <laughs> so we are going to kick it off with Renard's favorite team and the team he doesn't like. We had a really big NFC North matchup. Well, you know what? The history of this matchup is pretty big. It's the oldest rivalry in the NFL it is the Bears versus the Packers. Unfortunately, Thursday's game did not live up to the hype that usually comes, whether the Chicago Bears host the Packers at Soldier Field, vice versa in Lambeau. So this took place in Lambeau Field, and um, I'm a little confused as to what happened on the Bears' end and why they let the Packers run away with the game the way they did. Of course, it ended up pretty rough. The Bears took another L. Unfortunately, they also took a loss to their second-string quarterback. Brian Hoyer had stepped up to the plate with Jay Cutler being out and had done a pretty good job, well above average and a lot better than what a lot of people were expecting to see from Brian Hoyer. But when you, you know, when people like Julius Peppers and stuff land on your arm, serious, eight weeks out, broken arms, they are now up with Matt Berkeley, which Renard loves so much, Matt Berkeley. Who, uh, <laughs> third string quarterback. It's real funny. Matt Barkley should not happens, be the third string quarterback. I still mad that the Bears chose Matt Barkley over David Fails. I am too. I definitely thought David Fails was a much better choice than Matt. Well, they're probably. But I also the thought Robbie right Gold was a better kicker than what's his name. So there you go. Oh so, my God! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> dude. Uh, well. And I'm Robbie Gold was a was a cap casualty. That's all that he is. Because this other kicker, I don't even know why they have him. There's people in Australia, in France, and and England on soccer teams that would be better than what we have. 
this dude said Australia and England. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yes, I did. Just did that. I mean, he is pretty bad. I mean, I, I don't think I don't even know. His, like, it's so bad that we don't even know his name. I think we talked about that last week and had to look it up to find out who he was. And it's just it's, it's horrible because he's not great. I mean, Robbie Gold, you know, he has a little slump or whatever, but come on, man. I mean, you can't even hit the short distance kicks. The short 29, 39-yard kicks. <laughs> well, I will you know, say I, that, I, and, and I, 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 I agree. And I'm sad that Robbie Gold is off the market as a Vikings fan. I'll check back with that later. Continue as I yeah, wipe yeah. the tears from my eyes. <laughs> You know, I still remember. I remember tweeting about the kick that he made, and all of us were sitting at the table like, "Go in, go in, and guide it, and lean in with it." You know, and, and that's bad. We should have to feel that way about our kicker, to the point to where we're, we're, you know, we participating so much in a, in a almost virtual type of, you know, setting to where we're trying to guide his kicks in because he's that bad. <laughs> but you know, it's what we have to settle with, and what we have to deal with, and. Robbie Gold, I know you're right now trying to make an impression in New York, and we're going to miss you, dog. Just, just, we're going to miss you. It's just really sad that you <sighs> go on. <laughs> anyway, okay. back to this embarrassing loss. Uh, oh, man. There were a couple of I'll say this much. Leonard Floyd came alive. Yeah. You know, there were some, like <laughs> you said, there, some, there, were, there were definitely some bright spots in the defense. Um, I do, and you know, there was some, there are some very obvious. That's all I can say about the defense because the tackling, you well, said it during the meeting. Oh my uh, God. Pop Warner would be embarrassed. He, Pop Warner taught peewee players better to, better to tackle than, than what the Bears do. The, the things that, oh my gosh, the Oklahoma drill would have been better than this. And the Bears oh, wow. clearly need to. Yes, wow. I said the Oklahoma drill. Wow. The, the Bears clearly need to learn how to tackle, and you should not be teaching professional football players how to tackle. At this point in the game, it doesn't even make sense. I mean, you saw people well, not rise up. And, and I, I, I ask you guys this every week: something else has to be wrong. Something else I, has to be wrong with this organization. I mean, personally, I think is is is. It stems from the coaching. It stems from, you know, the front office. It's a problem all the way through, if you ask me, because you can't seem to get get your team together. You know, you spend a lot of money on the quarterback, and and then the people you go to back him up, you don't really put money into them to to get that to get you know valuable backups or you know at least people that can hold the game together. I mean, Hoyer wasn't doing bad before he got hurt. But let's face it, he wasn't doing great. It wasn't like they were knocking down wins. They were just staying in the game. Um, but now now you have nobody. <laughs> Pretty much. And I understand why they're attempting to, you know, one of the big um, Cutler to come back before it's time for him, before his, his thumbs healed up in order to save, uh, attempt to salvage somewhat of a season. And at this point, I, like, you I, know, like you I said in the meeting, Cass, yeah. it doesn't even make sense. It 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 doesn't. Uh, it, 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 if I was, if I was him, I'd be sitting back talking about nah, player. 
<laughs> I was sitting right over here to my finger. Here but the left. crazy thing is, to bring him back, that matchup would be against the Vikings, and are they sure they really want to do that? The Vikings you know, by are that getting time, people defensively. That's next Monday. Yeah. So, so there are I mean, you know, because they had third, really, so his thumb is going to magically heal by then. So basically what okay. you're saying is, do you want to bring him back just so he can get re-injured again? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Pretty much. Because he was going to get Pretty injured much. anyway. So, I don't know. This oh, is probably God. the time you go find a quarterback that, you know, wasn't busy who, you know, might have a little life left. In. So, you want you want to compare to, to the tackling dummy out there. Mike Vick, where are you? you no, I don't want Mike Vick to be hurt. I don't want Mike Vick to be hurt. I don't you I Mike <laughs> still got a couple juke moves in him. I don't think Man, you know oh, what I'm man. saying. I don't think Mike could get hurt. But 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 at the same time if you look if you're looking at the offensive line to, right now. Right. You know, he, would need to, he would need the protection and the time and he, right, Michael you still gotta run. Michael Vick no, is not. Michael Vick ain't going. If you believe, no, no. If Michael Vick is I not put from. Mike, Bar- Mike Barkley out there. If you don't believe yeah, the person is going to get hurt, then I'll put oh, Jay Cutler out there. But if you the believe. Vikings, like, they probably have okay, more, we know you like, like your team. injuries. We know you like no, your no, no, team. no, 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 no. Listen, listen. <laughs> they probably have more injury timeouts when teams have played the Vikings this season than any other team that I've seen on both sides of the ball. I'm so serious. I'm not even joking. Like, and 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 even when we went to U.S. Bank Stadium. I swear, like every third play, somebody was laid out on the field. I I'm not joking. I'm like I'm there. Like, wow. <laughs> so we got it's day four minutes. I think we gonna be here for twenty. And so th- it's just that brutal. So I agree. Put Matt back out there, but you know that's not gonna happen. You know that score will be a hundred to zero if they let that man come back out on that field. This might be the first game you know, that the NFL calls in and be like, just stop, just stop, please stop. Stop writing up the score. Please. Get them, get them the W. Let it go. Get the people some consolation prizes for coming. <laughs> you so silly. <laughs> stop. But I, 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 mean, I don't really. I don't. I, I believe know, the Bears just, have. I believe the Bears have too many problems on the football field, and they just want to get something moving. In the correct direction, and that's the reason they would they would put Jay Cutler out there because if you put Matt Barkley out there, or if you put a free agent out there, then you can't move in a in a in the right direction on the offensive side of the ball. And the offensive side of the ball needs to move in some direction instead of backwards. They would and I get what you're well, saying. I mean, on the field, but what's going on? Why you cannot? So you're changing coaches, you're getting rid of people, and the results are getting worse and worse. What is going on? Exactly. I'm, man, I, I honestly so, think they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> I, yeah, something I, definitely. I, 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 I honestly think they are at a point where they're really not sure what direction they want to go in, what type of you know, what type of team they want to have. Um, you know, it, it, it is it, it is sad because Chicago deserves to have a good team, just like any other place would. But you gotta spend. You gotta put your money where your mouth is in this league. You know, you can't just put people together in hopes of. You know, I mean, everybody. It's a gamble. Every you know, every um, rip, as we know. So it doesn't really matter in that standpoint. But I mean, come on, dude. Like we haven't had a great quarterback in years. Yeah. Years. 
you know, we've had great running backs come through here. We've had great receivers come through here, great special teams players, and they've all left. They stay a few years, and I, you know, we lucky if we get them, you know, for a while. Peanut Children was a no, and I, I'm, not, I'm not going to accept. You know, accept that. No, the reason I'm not going to accept that is because we've had good quarterbacks here. We just Who? had them do. We just haven't had them. I said great. Yeah. I said great. I did not say good. I know we've had good quarterbacks, but I said great quarterbacks. We have not had a great quarterback here in years. I mean, great to the we point not of had, outstanding. Okay, every, you know. It, it serves no purpose for me to have a point because I don't even get to finish my point. Like I was saying, uh, we've had them do good here, but they go elsewhere and do better. Because Jim Harbaugh did better in Indianapolis. Kyle Orton did better in Denver. They don't do good for Chicago. And to me, that I wonder why Chicago does not make a priority on an offensive line and offensive coordinator. Because if you don't have somebody calling the right plays and if you don't have somebody protecting the quarterback, they can't do good. I mean, the last time Chicago had somebody that was consistently making the Pro Bowl was Jim McMahon. And he didn't even have a good offensive line. So I do believe Chicago needs to make a priority on an offensive line and an offensive coordinator. You can't put Band-Aids on things and expect uh, expect everything from that. Chicago wants to pay one person and feel that one person has to do everything. They they will get a good. Well, then why don't Chicago? Coach. Why doesn't Chicago go and do that? Like, why doesn't Chicago go and get that type of quarterback? That is possible, but you have to invest in it. We have to invest. I would rather the Bears draft seven offensive linemen in a row and forget all of the other positions that we actually need because it would show me that they're taking a priority on protecting the quarterback and helping the running back. All of the teams that have made a priority of offensive line, their team has progressed because their quarterback has been able to get better. Look at Dallas. For two or three years in a row, they made the offensive line a priority. Now, Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott are doing great. Don't get me wrong, I believe Ezekiel Elliott was going to do fine regardless. I don't know if Dak Prescott would have done this well this fast without a, without the protection he has. Well, Great. Um, I, I say, we do have a caller. Um, caller, would you care to introduce yourself? Good morning, guys. It's Dre from in, up in much less detail. Hey! Oh, wow. Hey, hey, what's up, dude? You made a Sunday. <laughs> I he made said he was. Yeah, yes, with a little what? food poisoning, and now I'm here at home. <laughs> oh well, we didn't want you to die to be on our show, but thanks for loving us like this. Um. <laughs> you got to make sacrifices, you know. Oh wow, <laughs> that's the that's a sacrifice. So I guess you can Don't hear you. the love for the Bears in the background with a recent Thursday night matchup with the uh, Packers. So what do you think? about what's going on in Chicago, and are the Packers really the truth? I know you can talk. What do you really think? 
that may, maybe that's what made me sick was watching the Bears. Maybe it wasn't food poisoning after all. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it, the, the, we know what the Bears okay. are. We know they're not very good. We know they're they think they're trying to build to something, but it's it's coming on much much slower than Bears fans hope. Uh, my my buddy Jason and I on our show we talk about the Packers a lot because they don't look very impressive either. They just keep not at showing all. like they're like they're not on the same page. Like they're just off a beat every time they play a game. They they never put together a full game. So I'm I'm not. Uh, I know the Bears lost to the Packers, which they just they do that. The Bears find a way to lose to the Packers all the time. But I don't think the Packers are, are all that either. I think Aaron Rodgers maybe is not. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers that he was before, and maybe he'll never get to that again. I don't know. This season, the biggest problem that the Packers have had has not been their defense or their running game, in my opinion. Their biggest problem has been Aaron Rodgers. And I still would rather have Aaron Rodgers on my team, and I'm not saying that he's not a quarterback worth having. He's just not been good this season. He just hasn't. I mean, don't get me wrong, their their running game and Eddie Lacy hadn't been doing good either, but there have been times when Aaron Rodgers used to be able to mask the problems in other in other areas. He hasn't masked anything, and everything else looks worse because of how bad he's looking. And that's my opinion. No, his, his timing is completely off. He's sitting back there backpedaling yeah. and throwing off his back foot. He's looking like Rex Grossman out there. That's never a good time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, well, Rex Grossman is well, our quarterback. Well, well, <laughs> yeah. 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 is out there. We out there with uh, Aaron. Aaron's our quarterback. Yeah, that's that funny. that's and I've I've said that in a few show meetings. I you could even the O line has been a little upset with Aaron Rodgers and his timing and what's actually going on. We know that the Packers haven't had a history of having great O-lines, but they're trying, and they're like, dude, you called like a million plays, and, I mean, what you doing? You're not like, running what you called. Right, so it's, it's yeah, I, I'm wondering if, it, if that's another team that it's really time to revamp. I mean, it's only, you know, the Jordy Nelsons and Randall. I don't know, it, I feel like the Packers need to do something to refresh. I think they're getting stale. Somebody left the bread bag open, and they're getting stale. Well, five years ago, Rodgers became a pro bowler and an MVP by improvising and making plays happen when they weren't there. He just can't do that right now. I don't know if it's injury or age or what have you, but everyone has that moment. There comes a time when you can't do what you used to be able to do, and maybe this is Rodgers' time. Would yeah, he made crazy his if I said I think, What if I think Aaron Rodgers is bored? I know that sounds like a little crazy, but I I don't. He's not excited like he he used to be. Even when you you watch, you know what him, I feel like. He he's I just like, like uh, all right, it's Sunday or Thursday. I feel like it. Remember when Brett Favre didn't like Aaron Rodgers and just did just didn't like him, and yeah, more and more it's coming out that other players just don't like Aaron Rodgers and they don't they don't feel like all right, dude. We when we winning. We will put up with your divaness, uh, but we're not winning right now, so we ain't gonna put up with your crap. And since we're not gonna put up with your crap, we're gonna call you on it. And that works for any sport and any team. When you're winning, you put up with what everybody's dishing out. I think the way Brett Favre forewarned us on how this dude is acting, no one wanted to listen because people were done with Brett Favre at that point. 
But we're learning that Aaron Rodgers is just not a likable person. And when you're not winning, everybody calls you on your crap. And I think that's where we're at. We're at with it. Everybody's calling it on them because they don't particularly like them. While we were winning and you were pulling off great plays and Hail Marys from 97 yards out and, and you were putting the ball in the air for 150 yards, oh, we, put, we put up with it. But we don't like you. And I think that's the problem. And the problem is in the locker room and on the field, they're yelling and it looking like Jay Cutler yelling at the offensive line at that same way. Aaron Rodgers is, is seeing what the rest of the NFL has to deal with because, dude, we don't like you. And if we were winning, we would get over it. But right now the, the Vikings are better than us. Um, people were picking the Bears even though the Bears lost. People don't have any confidence in you, and when they don't have confidence in you, teammates just don't care. That's where I think the the teammates are not on the same page with him because they don't like him. That is my that is what I've gathered from just listening to other pundits and and just watching us on the field. Just you try for that person that you really want to try for. There were time periods in Chicago when Rex Grossman was still here and they were bringing in other quarterbacks to possibly replace them during practice, they would try for those potential replacements. But the Bears didn't try to catch the – during practice didn't try to catch the ball for Rex Grossman. When you want to catch the ball for somebody, you try. They don't want to do something for Aaron Rodgers right now. Well, it's a little bit of an old story from – yeah. In, in all sports, that kind of works that way, where the star is the star because he's got the big personality and he thinks he's better than everyone because he actually is better than everyone. And when the when it turns and the star can't do what he used to be able to do anymore, then it starts becoming well. He's a diva. He's arrogant. We don't like him. Uh, and everything always gets fixed when the star becomes the star again and starts playing the way he's supposed to. So it's it's sort of an old story, and it, it gets fixed if Aaron Rodgers turns back into Aaron Rodgers again. But all of a sudden, if that happens, if he starts playing like he used to, then there'll be more stories out about how, well, we, we really like him and we respect him, and we're glad we're, he's going back to the old ways now, and we're, we're glad that he's found a way to do what he used to be able to do. It's all about the play on the field. If he starts playing the way he used to again, then everything will be fine. Yeah, exactly. You know, because it could just be he's in the middle of a slump right now and just having that, that hard time. Because if you look at last year, right before the season, he wasn't playing as well either. You know, um, and you, there were just signs, flashes of it then, but this year just seems to be more prevalent. And they're not the Packers that everyone, you know, used to know um, or used to well, seeing, I should say. Well, one of the things is, and I'll partially blame the Packers, because one of the people that came out this past week was Jennings. Brandon Jennings came out talking about Aaron Rodgers doesn't look like uh, he was when I played there. Well, one of the differences when you played there, he had you to throw the ball to. The Packers have not put a priority on giving him the weapons that he had in 2010. When he was doing super great in 2010 and winning a Super Bowl, he had more weapons. He don't have the weapons he had in 2010. And as much as everybody thought Aaron Rodgers was that person that can make other uh, players look better than they were, they, they were giving him Peyton Manning status, he's not quite that. We thought that Aaron Rodgers could make players better. He clearly can't make people better. He needs weapons. Because when he was, quote-unquote, doing great, he had he had people to throw the ball to. 
Well, that's the, I mean, the key. I just, that's I think a big he, question. I think he's more. <laughs> because if you just think record, he is, it's responsible that he is. But I, I, I do believe, and I have heard just just listening to stories on the radio stations, uh, listening to the Milwaukee radio stations, there have been people that love Aaron Rodgers because he's there, he's on their team. But then there are people that have met him in real life, and apparently Aaron Rodgers is a jerk. <laughs> and well, I don't, can I don't be, and that's not like, I, 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 I didn't know several athletes that are jerks as people and great on the field. So, I mean, that's – I don't care as long as you're not, like, Domestic violence, you know. Okay, we'll get to Josh Brown later. Having animals or something, but no, just overall, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to Josh Brown we definitely later. will. That would definitely. But my whole thing is still on the. I just don't think. I think Aaron Rodgers is looking. I think he's bored with what he what he's working with, and it could be because of the reaction from the players, and they can't. This new crop of players can't handle his diva like status. But I just don't feel like he's giving it his two hundred percent anymore. Which is taking, and that's what's taking him out of the category of being mentioned, uh, like we used to when it came to putting him in a category with Tom Brady and, 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 you know, Peyton Manning. They kept going no matter what. I really think this man is is bored. But at the same time, his arm is still making some amazing plays, even if it was just against the Bears. I mean. Well, that's when he which was is, bored yeah. in the second half against the Bears secondary. That'll make you unbored real quick. <laughs> no challenge. I can just fling the ball down the field like I want to. I, I, now I can have a little fun, and it's maybe what he needed. I mean, un- unfortunately, it was against Chicago, but you know, who knows? Chicago has its own problems with its quarterback situation and whether what they're going to do with Cutler and everything else going forward, and all the other problems they have. Um, which is indicative of the reason why they're having the season they're having right now. So there's a lot to question when it comes down to the Bears. And, unfortunately, you know, both teams are in that category now. There are a few teams in that category this season, if you want to be honest about it, um, that aren't playing as you would expect teams to be um, at this point in the season. But here we are with Chicago, and this is what we got to look forward to, I guess. Well, let me ask you, Dre. This is my this is this is this is my question to you, Dre. So, what do you think Chicago has to do? How, how do you think Chicago can rebuild to become a competitive team again? What areas do they strongly need to fix? And second question is, do you think that they are? You know, there are rumors swirling about the end of the season. Jay Cutler will be gone. Do you think the team waited too late to make that move? The only way the Bears can rebuild is pretty much the only way any team can rebuild, which is years and years of consistent, actual good draft picks because you can't pick up free agents off the street at 30, 29, 30 years old and think you're going to build a contender. That doesn't work that way. You have to draft well in pretty much every area. They need everything. They need receivers. They need defenders. They need uh, more offensive linemen. They could use pretty much everything. Obviously, they need to find some young quarterback. Uh, even if they draft a bunch of failures, just keep drafting, and hopefully you can hit on somebody. But they don't even draft quarterbacks. Uh, they they just pick up guys off the street like uh, uh, Jimmy Clawson and whatnot and hope that they can make something out of them. And uh, Who's this guy, <laughs> Matt Barkley? He's, he's awful, too. Uh, 
business as far as, as, far as winning. I said oh, with oh, David oh, Fields, yeah. who they actually drafted. They actually drafted David Fields, and they let him go to Baltimore over Matt Barkley. I don't understand why you put David Fells on your practice squad the first season you get him, then he was on the roster last season, and then you choose Matt Barkley. I don't understand that that decision. Matt Barkley was the, the QB for USC after they had been horrible. You pick a quarterback. Oh, I'm, I've been the David Fells uh, person for two years, and I'm still mad at this. I felt like David Fields okay. should have been the second string quarterback over Clawson last year, but I was just I, I was I was wrong apparently. All right, Jake, felt go like ahead. Uh, with so, an old girlfriend that you're missing, man. It, it, it Fields is gone. You got to let her go, man. You got to let her go. <laughs> <laughs> but the problem is knowing when to let her go after she's taken all of your money and ruined your life and chased all your side pieces away. You're now done with her. And that's what I feel hey, the Bears have done with Jake. Don't Hunter. get into my like, personal really life. Do... Leave me out of this. Come on, oh. man. <laughs> talk about my stuff. Oh, I'm sorry. You weren't talking about me. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you know, I didn't mean to expose you. No, um, but no, yeah. really, that's kind of how I, I feel. And I don't know if it was the Adam Gay situation where – you know, a lot of people, I felt Adam Gates left too early, but again, there's a head coaching job in the NSL. Like, if you have a chance to even do that for one year and that goes on your resume, then so be it. But I don't know why Jay Cutler was offered this. I used to get told by tons of Bears fans, ones on the air with us now, that there was not a better option. And then I used to sit around the NFL and look at a whole lot of better options play with their teams that year that weren't initially signed at the beginning of the year, but okay. And even saying that, Jay Cutler has not produced anything for the amount of money that he was offered and for the expectation that some kind of way by the grace of God that somebody thought that he was going to give the Bears. They've exhausted all of their weapons because of Jay Cutler, so they've gotten rid of a, a, a harem of great players to keep Jay happy, and it's still gotten the team nowhere. So the Bears just need to cut their losses, and I, I, I can't see it. Special teams really needs to rebuild, because I don't even think special teams for the Bears knows what's going on. They just get paid on Tuesday and, like, suit up. They clearly hey. have not. I, they need to a whole team. Now, Dre, do you think I spoke with a lot of fans, and a lot of fans are blaming the coaching. A lot of them had, like, little bows and arrows pointed at John Fox's head in that conversation when I spoke with a few fans. Do you think John Fox is also an issue with the outcome that we're seeing with the Bears? Um, it's hard to tell because he's just doing what he does. This is what John Fox does everywhere he goes. He takes over. He makes it all football-y football, and he's the, the general, and he's going to do what he wants to do. It almost feels like he's the general manager and not Ryan Pace. So he's just doing what he does. Um, the way that he does it, this is a very long way to rebuild a team. So you have to have patience if you're going to stick with that. If you don't have any patience, then John Fox is not the guy you want. So I can understand why people are looking at him uh, with one eye kind of askew. But uh, this is kind of what he does. So I I'm, I'm, guess I'm in the camp of – give it some time and give them a few years, him and Brian Pace, and see if they can get together and figure out how to 
how to do things as a as a team or as a unit. Um, if after about three years or so it still looks like this, then yeah, it's it's going to be time to move on. But it's still pretty early uh, in the rebuilding process to me. I can take that. I mean, but you know, Chicago is a very impatient city. <laughs> you know, we want sure. everybody here. We want it now. You know, we don't want to sit around and wait for you to figure out how in three years you're going to bring a you know. Uh, NFC North Championship, let alone the Super Bowl title, you know, back here after so long. So, but I, I do agree with you as far as you know, it's a rebuilding, and you're trying, and they're they are figuring out the pieces, but it's just horrible to watch. <laughs> oh yeah, really I know it's not the same sport really at all, but all I'll say is. Uh, it's not the same sport, but the Cub fans are feeling the same way. A few years ago, this was horrible to watch. I can't believe in it. I think last night everything worked out fine for them. Yeah. Congratulations to the Cubs on getting to the World Series. It has been 71 years, so y'all make the best of it, please. Not really a huge Cubs fan, but you're from Chicago, so I got to roll with you anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, you know, it's actually, you know, Sitting back and watching it, like I said, is the painful part and knowing that we are in a rebuilding season and um, hopefully there will be something salvageable and and we'll see some better decisions from the head office and from the coaching staff if they decide to move ahead with John Fox, um, you know, after this season or whatever they decide to do because we're just privy to sit back and watch and see it all. You know, we don't get to participate in the decisions, unfortunately. but we get to watch it unfold, and hopefully it will unfold in our better way than this unfolding right now because this is, this is painful. <laughs> it's painful to watch people go out there and ta- you know, not tackle. I shouldn't say tackle, but not tackle and not wrap up. And, head, you know, you you running a guy with your head down. You can't, how are you going to see somebody? What can you do with your head down when you're trying to tackle, you know, uh, NFL running back? It makes no sense. It was, you saw more grabbing and swinging and tossing around and trying to hold on than you did actually seeing people lay wood, you know. So it's 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 it's, it's tragic, unfortunately, at this point, you know. And we were just talking earlier about how they're attempting to get, you know, Cutler to come back before his um, hands fully healed, you know, to play against me in Minnesota. And I don't even – that, that's probably the worst decision you can make at this point because all you're going to do is get them hurt again. And yeah, then you're back in the same situation. <clears throat> you know. That is definitely true. So with that it looks like said, a 40% color would be better than 100% Matt Barkley, though. Well, that is pretty darn awful there. That is pretty good. <laughs> um, wow. Just, the Chicago Bears, pretty huh. darn awful. You know what? That is That is very true. That that's very true. Motto. I'm, I'm going to let you guys get back to the rest of your show. Uh, Cass, I want to tell you, your Vikings, they're doing it undefeated. I guess they don't miss Teddy Bridgewater after all. Uh, and, Renard, I'll just say I got you on fantasy today. I'm looking forward to it. I got I to gotta do what I got to do. I got to take you down. It's not personal, brother. <laughs> oh, it's, not, it's not personal at all because uh, my team has uh, – I have – Three of my players on a bye week because I made the mistake of having three people from Carolina playing, but some of it might be a blessing in disguise because my Carolina defense has looked not so hot this season. Kelvin Benjamin played well in two games, and that's it. And Cam Newton 
is playing over. I mean, is on the bench because uh, he's in a bye week. So that's three players not playing. So I had to go with bench options. Oh, they right. might work out Ooh. better than what those guys have done so far. I know it might work out. Be- it might be a blessing in disguise. It might. Well, Cam Newton did good last week for me with twenty five fantasy points. So. He made more than the 17 uh, than uh, Kirk Cousins, but I got Kirk Cousins starting today against Detroit, so I might get something good today. That might work out good. That's 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 a good one. I, I like your matchup there. So I got some decent stuff there. Don't right, hurt guys, my feelings with the rest of your team. Well, Jay, thanks so much for coming on the show And we hope you feel better Oh, what a way to be off work But we definitely hope you feel better Not that food poisoning out But I am so happy that it gave you a chance to be on our show Because it's the one thing we wanted to work out Now we got to figure out how to sneak Jason on here But it's been a pleasure Thanks for coming and sharing your thoughts And if you guys want to follow Dre Dre and the wonderful Jason are part of a show. They're a part of a sports talk show called In Much Less Detail. You can also find them on Blog Talk Radio as well as us. show is super hilarious, absolutely real. This is really two guys. It sounds like two guys sitting in a living room over beer, exactly how fans feel about a game and their team and exactly what you really want to say. So definitely check them out. But thank you so much for coming on the show, Dre. We appreciate it. Thank you, Seth. We appreciate it. Thanks for the love, guys. Be well. No problem. You too. Get better. Thank you. So up next, now that we've spent that time with the Bears, we actually have the Washington Redskins invading Ford Field. So they – we have the Skins going up against the Lions. And the Lions, we're not exactly sure if they're the truth or not, but what they are trying to do is at least if they can cuff the number two spot while the Bears – don't know what's going on, and the Packers are trying to find themselves, they will gladly slide right in there, which seems like what they're trying to do. They're coming off two back-to-back wins, and they're trying to make this win number three in a row. But it's against the Washington Redskins, and while over the last seven or eight years they've been the butt of a few jokes, not so much this year. They've had, you know, they're not looking the greatest, but they are capitalizing on some very key points and when the other team can't handle the ball. So what do you guys think is going to happen in this matchup today? Will this be another one point down to the wire win for Detroit? Or are the Redskins just going to show up at Ford Field and just honestly handle the business? The Redskins are going to win because Detroit's not playing the L.A. Rams this week. When you almost lose to the L.A. Rams, my expectations in your following week are even lower. So I believe they should have lost to the Rams, and they're definitely going to lose to the Redskins. Well, okay. um, I look at it like from, oh. from, from, <laughs> from the He doesn't point, like uh, the Lions this year. Yeah, at all. I have not liked um, the Lions in about five years. Six years, seven years. You know, I, I don't look at believe it from, in the Lions. From the standpoint of, I mean, obviously, you know how how we do it here. We are on the show. We look at the comparisons and see where they are stats wise and who's who has the edge. But you know, unfortunately, that doesn't really mean much when it comes down to getting on the field. Obviously, at this point, Washington's playing a lot better than. Defense, than 
Detroit is. However, Detroit has been able to, you know, get a couple of wins about the skin of their teeth and just pull them out. So it's really hard to say, um, you know, regardless of how close the wins have been, they beat Philly 24-23, and then they beat um, L.A. 31-28. Um, not handy wins by any margin. Um, obviously, there's some, you know, if you're looking at scoring on the um, offensive side of the ball for the other teams, they've been able to score on on Detroit. Um, but Detroit's just been able to be a little bit better when it counts, you know, to pull off the win. So I think it's going to really come down to, Ball control, you know, time possession. Who who has the ball more longer? Um, third down conversions. As we we always talk about how big that point of the game is um, for for all teams that are playing actually. And you know, just see what they do on defense, man. I mean, the the, the um, Detroit's doing pretty good on defense this year. They they are giving up yards, but it's, um, Washington's right there with them in that standpoint. So it's really going to have to come down to, you know, as any other game, it's who wants it more. Um, I think that if you really look at it from the standpoint of just who's playing better at this point, they're both playing pretty good. And I don't don't really think that um, Detroit's season at this point as far as, you know, what the record is, is is truly indicative that they are are three and three teams. They're at 500 at this point in the season. But I believe that, you know, with the right sort of, their defense plays well, and they they force some turnovers, and their offense is playing. I believe Detroit might actually be able to pull out a third one in a row. They got a little bit of momentum, you know, going for them right now. As as both teams, they're both coming off, you know, two consecutive wins in a row. So I think they're it's, it makes for the setting of a good game today. So we'll see. You know, I think that uh, it, it'll be it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. I, I'm hoping it won't be boring. I'm hoping it's not like a Bears game where everybody after um, Hoya got hurt, we were all like, all right, it's time to go. Can you turn the Cubs game on? I'm hoping it's not one of those feelings. <laughs> you know, because everybody was done at that point. I mean, so. the Bears were done at that point because they decided to put a wide receiver in at first instead of uh, instead of Matt Barkley. So, but, but we're not going to go back to the – I know. <laughs> We're not going to go back to that conversation. We're going to continue on with the Lions. The Lions, the few things they have going for them don't seem to be being used. I don't feel like Anquan Bolden is being used to his potential. I don't feel like Ebron is being used to his potential. Beyond that, I'm just not confident in the coaching staff of the Lions. So when I just can come up with so many things about why I dislike the Lions, I have to go with the other team. Uh, Kirk Cousins, no, he's not looking as good as he did last season. This is not last season. Uh, But he really does, to me, have better weapons around him. He has a better coaching staff around him. I just think the Redskins are a better team. I just think they're a better team. That's not saying much because the NFC East seems to have one team in their division, just like the NFC North seems to have one team in its division. seems like there's Dallas and there's the Vikings, 
and the rest of the divisions on both sides just look like they don't want to play. And right about now, I feel like you made reference to it, Mike. We're watching another game just like Bears-Packers might be the same as this Washington versus Detroit game. Okay, we're just watching two teams that are not going to the playoffs. No, I don't. That's how I I feel. No, no, I can't say that. I, I won't say that. That's how I, I and I've I've seen I've seen the strangest things happen in in football. I've probably yeah one strange NBA game, but I've seen stranger things happen in football. And it's always <laughs> like I mentioned, it'll be yeah, literally. Um, and if anyone would like to know the strange in an NBA game, I'll talk about that later. That totally blew me. But um, I've seen teams knock off stellar teams. I've seen teams that we didn't, you know, didn't think have a chance or were waiting on that wild card selection and knock off a team that we were like, are you serious? Oh my gosh. Like who knew? So I, I, you know, with the exception of of teams like right now, you know, you're looking at the bears and you're looking at, um, goodness, you, 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 I can't even put a lot of stock in the Ravens right now, and I'm going to be watching the Ravens a lot since they've let Mark Trestman go. But there's just certain teams, the Miami Dolphins, that you just know or you know, Houston Texans, yeah, it's been one. But I, the Lions have a chance to take the creepy number two spot in the NFC North if the Packers don't pull it together, and that's the scary part. If the Packers don't pull it together and the and the Lions keep squeaking out these, I don't know how they did it, wins, they could be in the number two spot. And they could probably, possibly, we'll have to wait and see how the point percentage stacks up, have a chance at postseason or maybe even a wild card game. So, I don't think the number two team in, in the NFC North is a playoff team. I don't know that. It's week six. We got ten games to go. Well, technically eleven, yeah, so these yeah. are over. Well, yeah, right. So I think at this point, you know, when you that percentage when that percentage hammer drops. But go go ahead, Mike. No, um, I agree with you. I think it's going to have a lot to do with how they play today. You know, the one thing about it is, the um, Detroit is one of the better big play defensive teams. Um, they haven't mm-hmm. given up a lot of those this year. But the, the, on the the caveat is. Washington love, you know, when it comes down to it, they've got 24 completions or 20 plus uh, more yards, at, which is the third most in the, in the NFL. And they also have a 130.4 passing rating with three touchdowns and no interceptions when throwing the ball 20 yards plus down the field. So there's a lot that that, that defensively, you know, the bats got to they're gonna have to put that work in today in order to in order to keep it down. Um, the team, any teams, teams so far who have faced them only uh, have a 63.8 passer rating on, uh, and those attempts are completing just 40.9 percent of all of their passes with one touchdown and three interceptions. So if you really gauge it, the defense is there. You know they have that part of it. They just they're going to have to up their play a lot a lot more to stop the play. But you know they've done very pretty good against the special teams um, in the last couple of weeks facing Tavon Austin and Darren Sproles, um, keeping that part the punt returners um, from getting you know two long returns. Um, if Matt Stafford plays the way that he's playing and pretty much continues to carry his team on his back, um, it could definitely 
work out in their favor when it comes to, you know, the playoff bid. So it's, it's, I think that they're in a better they're definitely in a better position than the Bears. We already know that. So that's not, you know, anything. But you 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 know specific. like there are seven there are seven teams if you just count the NFC um as a whole that are above them. The the Lions are sitting at five hundred, but the only problem the Lions have and this may be the only thing that just, you know, holds them back, is they don't have any division wins. And that's huge. Right. Right. That's major. They they don't have any division wins, and when you think about it, they still have to go up against the 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 Vikings, and 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 you know you got to play the pack, so you got to play these people twice, and you already are mm-hmm. down two. Right. So they you know, may so that's you where know, they may you know sneak it's, in, it's, and it's, of it's course been... get a two off on Chicago. But I'm just saying, aside from that, well, I I, I really don't see Chicago beating them. <laughs> Again, I don't. Right, that's what I said. Just, they, 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 they you know, I think that uh, you can, you can, you can um, right. You know, you can almost pretty much say, okay, we're gonna win those two. Not being, you know, presu- too presumptuous, but you can go into those games having confidence. You know that you're the better team, and the only person at that point that can beat you is you. Um, you know, right. I like to like the Bears on Friday. They, they, it's not that Green Bay was a better team. They beat them. They allowed themselves to get beat. Um, right, but you know right. I, when it comes down to it, like you said, you know, right now they're zero and two in league play, um, in division play. So if they don't do anything to bounce back from that, they still got to go back to Minnesota. You already know if Minnesota is seven and zero or whatever, you know, when, by the next time they play, which will, um, whatever their record is, they're still undefeated. That's going to be a hard matchup is for Detroit, not so much for Minnesota though. You know, and Green Bay is one of those teams that, at this point, it could go either way. <laughs> right, it can, you know, it, it, you know, can. it can, but way but Green Bay is not the truth this season. And I know a lot of Green know. Bay fans are going to throw stuff at me. They're just not the truth this season. They they the glue is coming undone, and they just have to fix that. Not that the Green Bay Packers history hasn't been absolutely amazing. Not that we haven't seen amazing games from Aaron Rodgers, but this season is just not there. So if the Lions can pull it together and get some divisional wins, then that that would be complete. But, you know, I hate. But, you know, Renard's not going to say anything because he said his piece, and he don't want Jim Caldwell there, and he don't care nothing about the game for cheerleaders. <laughs> so that's just where we are with that. No, but he's, I think he's yeah. pretty much said his piece. Yeah, um, I mean, there's out. nothing else to say. I, mean, <laughs> I, I, I don't think Detroit's a good team. When they win a game, they surprise me. They lost to the Bears. They lose to they lost to the the Packers. They're they're not a good team, and people keep trying to make excuses for for uh, the the Lions because they want the Lions to be a good team. Give up. They're a bad team. They have. They are, they're actually a worse organization than the Bears. I would literally put the Lions in the same conversation as I put them in the Browns. They're not a good team. They have gotten lucky with a few draft picks. They're not a good team. They're not a good organization. They only woke up when Virginia Ford snapped last year. But they're not a good. They're not even a good organization. So I'm not going to sit up here and try to create reasons why. I believe they they should win, or oh well, the only thing that matters is the final score. Yes, they the final score does matter. They're not a good team, so just debating. I um 
the foot for, for five I'm or ten minutes over over I'm something. Not tell it's them. not it's, worth it. They haven't been a good organization. We gave them thirty minutes before, and look, they made changes. So I'm not gonna. I, I really, I'm not gonna say the whole organization is in the toilet. I could say that about the Bears, but I'm not gonna say that about them. I don't think the whole organization. I can say is in the that toilet. the Detroit Lions are not a good organization. They have not won a Super Bowl in their history. They're in the same conversation as as the, the Cleveland Browns have not won a Super Bowl. Um, I can't even think of when. Martha didn't get involved. That's okay, though. That's I right. can't. I can't. They're not a good organization. They have never been a good organization. Uh, okay. People don't like the Bears as an organization, but the Bears have had some success. They have had more success than the two teams that we're debating over. Which is sad that they look the way they do now, but okay. All right. <laughs> I'm telling you. I mean, we have yeah. – people love uh, – I mean, people love to talk about how bad the organization is. And one of the things is there's another factor. We have more access to, to the information on the Bears being local, and we hear more things. But – I have that same access. Bears organization is not as bad as the Lions <clears throat> It's not even close. It's not even a no. You, I, and I, that'll be off. I don't even want to go into that. I guess when you're there and you have, mm-hmm. okay. The Bears. I mean, the, you're the there. You, you, you witnessed more things, and I'll give you that. But in the history I, I of the Bears versus the history the, of the Lions, I would say that the Lions organization has just been. I won't say that they didn't take it seriously, but I think it was kind of very similar to at one point the Chicago Cubs legacy where they're like, well, if the team ain't going to be anything, we're going to make the experience fun. Well, I think they're past that now, just like the Chicago Cubs got past that. And I think that they are going to actually try to build something for real. It may take them a little longer, and I could accept that in Detroit. I can't accept what's going on in the shot. But with that, um, today, who you guys got for the win? Are you guys both taking the Redskins? I'm taking Washington. Yeah, I think. Well, you know, good gosh. Um, as much as I would love for Detroit to be able to pull it out, and who knows, they may like they may surprise us, like Bernard said. Uh, I, I think I'm going to go ahead and get an edge to Washington. I just think they're the better team today. And they want it a little bit more. So, And they, they tend, they're a lot more consistent, <clears throat> you know, less mistakes. Um, now, not that they don't make any, obviously. Um, but I just I believe they had a better – they'll have the edge today. So I'm going to go ahead and give it to Washington. Okay. I'm pretty sure Detroit fans I... are not agreeing with us. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know Washington is the, uh, a much better team at this point, even looking at the, the stats. But I'm going to do something weird, and I'm actually going to give life to the Detroit Lions. I They are not my favorite squad by any means. No, no, no. But I am actually going to really stick it out. I'm going to stick it out with them today. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to stick it out with them. So there you have it. That's that. And we're going to hurry up and change the subject because apparently it's making our co-hosts just not right. So (laughs) moving right along, we are now – are you there, Renard? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm here. Are you sure? 
All right. So moving on. I'm sorry, guys. I have to do it. I have to do it. She's not sorry at all. I don't even know why she's saying she's sorry. She's not sorry at all. She's gonna rub they this in. The, I mean, they're gonna go. They're gonna go 27 and 0. Uh, they're gonna continue to win games next season. And in her eyes, they're gonna win the Super Bowl, win every game this season. She's not sorry, and don't let her tell you she's sorry because she will be lying. Uh, if they don't win 36 games in a row, if they don't win 47 games in a row, she will be disappointed. No, no, I, no. I won't be disappointed. The only games that they're allowed to lose in her mind, and that she'll she will uh, she will agree with you and concede that they can lose are preseason games next year. No, they can't lose those either. So <laughs> uh, we'll have to see what next year holds. Right now, our focus is definitely on this year and how far we can get, and we're hoping to get to the lovely Energy Stadium in Houston in February to battle whoever is coming out of the AFC. Um, 5-0, just coming off a bye, came back, practiced hard, practiced really, really strong. I, um, they're in Philly, where we got Sam Bradford from, and the home of Sharif Floyd, and Sharif Floyd is so injured. So he will not be doing battle against the team he grew up watching, which is the Philadelphia Eagles. So with the Philadelphia Eagles, and starting on with that team first, They've been playing pretty good ball. They put a lot of stock into Carson Wentz, and Carson Wentz was actually having a pretty decent season until he finally threw an interception. And then what a lot of people are saying is that now the Philadelphia Eagles are exposed and people now officially know how to stop them. I don't know if one... I wonder if that doesn't make you yeah doesn't make I'm, you stoppable. You know, having a bad game doesn't expose you. Um, I mean, now if you want to talk about exposure, would be over a series of like three or four games. <laughs> I can see you being exposed or, or in one you game. Just I don't completely think. went out there and right, or you just completely went out there and dismantled Carson Wentz. Like Carson, like had like four completions or something. That didn't happen. He just wasn't the Carson that had all the hype around him, which sometimes I hate the extra hype. I really do because it it sets people up for failure. He's still human. Of course, eventually he's going to throw an interception. You know, things are going to happen like that. But, you know, you gave him the the Skip Bayless, Tim Tebow crown. And so the minute he does anything that looks human, he's terrible all of a sudden. And it's crazy. I do not think Carson Wentz is – horrible at all. In fact, when you look at the stats, the offensive comparison and the defensive comparison, believe it or not, and yes, I'm going to say this, or even on the defensive side of the ball, the Vikings are not running away with this on paper. You would think that because when we're physically physically watching how the Vikings are taking out quarterbacks. Wait a minute, I'm going to cut you off. Are you nuts? The Vikings are going to destroy you. They are running away with this. Okay, slow the slow down, slow down, slow down. They are not, they are not stat wise running away with this. They are not. In fact, they're evenly matched. And to be honest with you, the Eagles actually percentage wise and on paper this season are doing better. As crazy as that's why I said, as crazy as it sounds, percentage wise and on paper, the Eagles are actually doing better. This is not even a battle. 
This is not even about. I can't say that. I don't say this is going to be a blood I can't say that. Wait a minute. Hold up. I can't say that. Hold up. You, do you hear? Do you hear what he said? He's actually pushing for Minnesota, like, and then with no, that's I'm very not. Rare. But I'm not gonna sit up here and and try yeah, to blow like smoke it. up to our listeners. <laughs> this is not even gonna be close. We can come up you with know reasons what? I'm not, why. I'm not gonna say that. We I'm can just, come up with you reasons know why. And, and see, this is this win. is this, this is the Angry Bears fan talking. I'm not gonna say that because we don't walk in every game with that chip on our shoulder just because we're sitting here five and zero. Every single game we have to get past. Period. We don't want that possibility of having that air and that chip on our shoulder and letting a team like Detroit knock us off our square, letting a team like Philly knock us off our square. Philly is playing ball this season. I understand we had an issue with the coach last season and a whole bunch of dumb moves the last two seasons. Philly is actually playing ball. The Eagles are playing ball. For oh, I'm not going to disagree with we that. Can't, we, can't saying... let, we can't just – we at the same time we got to get the offense going because their defense and it might not be as hard hitting and as blunt as the Vikings because the Vikings just go out and jump on people's necks and be like who's up next but at the same time their takeaways and what they're doing on the field with the exception of the third down conversion stopping that third down conversion they don't look like garbage now, do I believe that my Vikings are going to go in there and take the W? Yes. Do I believe it's going to be as easy as you just want it to be like they're going to go in there and win, sack, curse, and win? It may not be. It may not be. Okay. One I'm hoping that we have I'm the advantage with having Sam bath, Bradford I, on our slot. I'm, this I'm is not going to be a blowout either. This is not going to be a blowout. I would think be it would be more of a bloodbath than a blowout. Literally looking at these stats, I would think it would be more of a bloodbath than a blowout. Ooh, that means pain, people. People getting hurt. Like I said, yeah. <laughs> this is not going to be a bloodbath. This is not going to be a blowout. But this is going to be the Vikings controlling the game from start to finish. Even if the score ends up being relatively close, like seventeen to ten, it will be an obvious. It will be an obvious Vikings control from start to finish. If the Vi- the Vikings can control this game, if they can stop the run. That's the biggest advantage right now. If Philly had any advantage on the Vikings, it's the fact that they don't just have an aerial attack. They actually do have a ground game. They actually do have healthy running backs on the field, which is unfortunately we have – love you, Jarek. Jarek McKinnon, awesome. But compared to what Philly is about to put on the field in about an hour, I don't really um, – okay. So the Vikings defense this time has a lot of focus, not just getting to the quarterback. They definitely – picks got to happen today. Have to happen. The secondary has to be in full effect. Running backs getting those extra yards got to be stopped because that's what Philly has. Philly has a complete team. And no doubt I do believe the Vikings can do it, but the Vikings also have to watch their own penalties. That is another killer for the Minnesota Vikings, the penalties that they get. And a lot of these penalties have recently been 15-yard pit. No, no, we can't take a 10-yard hit. We can't give them an automatic first down. you got to play smart today. You have to play super smart. Smart football and hard football straight from 1960s-style football, and the Vikings can run away with this. But they've got to hit hard. They've got and, – and, Again, also the Eagles don't have a crappy O-line. 
So this this game to me is one that the Vikings are not just going to go in there and just clobber everyone like we were used to seeing, which is for some reason why when you're not a fan, you think that that's just how it goes down. I do think they're going to get a lot, but also the defense, Trey Wayne, Terrence Newman, a couple, you know, Xavier Rose, got to watch those penalties. And we're a really big offside team. Please don't let that happen today. Please don't don't be off on that snap count. If they can control the penalties and they can stop the run the ground game, that run game for Philly, then the Vikings would definitely this this could be amazing. But the Vikings also have to be able to get that offensive side of the ball going. And Philly has a pretty decent defense. So the tight end, Kyle Rudolph, everybody has to be in full effect today. Matt Asiata got to play like it's his last supper. Like, we, 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 we really have to – this is a game of you got to strategically think this one out as well as go in and play hard football. It's, it's not going up a team where you could just manhandle them and, and walk away. We really, really have to play Philly. And this is a good yeah, game think... because if they're, they're, they're in the Super Bowl contention talk right now, they're being mentioned in that category and they're the only undefeated team. Some of these games you're going to have to approach this way. And I think this is going to be the first game this season where they have to approach it and then they have to watch their own penalties. Or if a penalty needs to be – if a penalty was committed, did that penalty make sense? So they got to really play football today. Mentally yeah, and physically not hard. They're going to have to, you know, bring their chess game, you know, so to yeah. speak, and really work it out. Um, I don't think it's going to be a pushover type of game for them because, like you said, Philly has been playing well. Um, but if you're a if you are a 5-0 and team, you know, like they are right now, then everybody is gunning for you. Coming for you. Because you're, yep. you're the only team without a loss. So Philly has more to gain you know, at this point, if they're able to knock them down and put them in that position where they're no longer undefeated. Minnesota, like you said, has to definitely play smart, um, limit on the penalties, and, you know, to be wise in the decisions they make. Um, You know, I'm I'm a firm believer that if if you're going to make a penalty, you know, make sure it counts. (laughs) You know, um, if, if it comes down to, if you have to commit a P.I., to stop a touchdown, then commit to PI. You know, nothing senseless, you know, like holding on a punt return or a kickoff return for a touchdown. Um, that nothing like that, but definitely they they're gonna have to bring their game today. They can't take it for granted, you know, take Phillies lightly and can't take it for granted and just let them mm-hmm. come in and come in and come there and just show up and not and not be in the game. You know, not being a game game mindset. Exactly. So, exactly. I, you know, it's really going to come. It's 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 like any others. You know, I always my favorite one of my favorite football movies is any given Sunday, obviously. <laughs> but you know, and I definitely believe in that. That you know, on game day anything can happen, and it's about who wants it more. It's about the team who makes who's going to make the less mistakes. Um, who's going to um, who's going to tackle better. Who's going to bring their A game and who's going to bring their C game? You know, who's ready to play when they hit the field um, today? So I'm really looking forward to it because I believe that we're going to see a great game between Minnesota and Philly. I don't, I don't doubt that it's going to be a struggle um, for Philly. Philly, and I don't, I think it's going to be a bit of a struggle for Minnesota too. You know, Carson Wentz, like you say, he's been playing pretty well. He's only had one interception, 
Um, and that, as we stated earlier, you know, when we started talking about this segment, doesn't make you vulnerable. This means you intercepted me one time. You figured out you 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 played defense well. You stepped in front of the ball. You got me. You know, and that's what it really boils down to. So I, I don't. I think there's going to be a definite banger today. I think they're going to get at it. Sam Bradford's going to continue to play well. Um, you know, like you said, y'all, you all have some have some things you have to work out with the running the ball and defensively not go. You know, and the offsides penalties and you know all of those type of things. But at the same time, the defense from Minnesota does bring the heat. You know, they they will bang you up like you know, like you said before. You all went to. They've got to be smart about it this time, though. They got to be yeah. smart about it. You know, they got to so, play, like you said, the chess game today. So I'm definitely if if I have my choice, which I do, you know, I'm pulling for Minnesota. Um, I, I really am this year to like go ahead and just do it because just because they've been through so much. <laughs> And they deserve it. Who are you telling? And, 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 and they're playing like it. You know, they're playing like they want to want to be like an elite team right now. And, you know, like I always say, at the end of the game, you know, wins and losses are really what matters. You know, you get to, yeah, you got to get your points and stuff for the playoffs and those things. But, you know, on the way to that, you know, your record does have to – you do have to ball. You know, so I think it – you know, hopefully today by the end of – their game will be looking at a six and no team, and everybody else will still be, you know, have losses, and they'll be undefeated, which I I think would be a very good statement of where they are as a team, um, you know, and, and what they've been able to do, and making a change from Teddy Bridgewater over to Sam Bradford um, is working out to be a very good move for them, obviously. Bernard, you have anything to say? I think Philly's going to lose. <laughs> All right. So, with that being said, um, we're looking for the Vikings to go 6-0. and We're going to see if the Lions can capitalize on some Redskin action or if this is another W for the Redskins. And we have no idea what happened this past Thursday, but thank you to all of you guys who came out to Flavor Brunch and Bar and watched the game with us or at least watched the Packers play and the Cubs get a win that night. So, moving right along, NCAA football action. Uh, so, I have two guys who watched some amazing games. So, they're going to break that all down for you guys right now. Go ahead, Mike and Renard. I'm going to start with uh, what I thought was the best play of yesterday. Uh, Northwestern's uh, DB, Kyle Chiero, did his best impression of OBJ in the middle of a field on an interception that, oh, my gosh, OBJ might not even be able to make this play. Um, and, and it was on an interception in the middle of the field. Most of the time, the, you see catches like this on the sideline, not in the middle of the field. And he just went up and got it. And honestly, in my opinion, the coverage was actually horrible on the play by both the cornerback and the safety. He just made an athletic play because the ball was right where it was supposed to be. If you look at where the interception was getting ready to go, without this super athletic play, that might be a touchdown. Um, Yeah, might be a touchdown. (laughs) 
that was excellent. But beyond that, that was still Northwestern. Uh, <laughs> now, <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Uh, if no. we go on to talk about, you all know I love talking about Illinois. But let's keep it real. The, the reason why people watched the Illinois game yesterday was because it was Michigan. Michigan versus Illinois. I wanted to watch the game, but I realized, oops, it's about 30 minutes into the game. Uh, it might be a good idea for me to time turn the game on. I expected it. I expected the game to already have been a blowout at that point. But when I finally turned the game on, it was only three to nothing in favor of Michigan. I was like, wow, Illinois might not get their feelings hurt today. Hmm, I'm hungry. Let me walk to the store and grab me a bite to eat. Hmm, I get back from grabbing a bite to eat. It's like 31 to 0. Oh, okay, that's more like what I expected. And Michigan did their job and won 48 to nothing. They had that game in hand. Seemed like they were playing with their food in the beginning of the game uh, because uh, 48 to 41 to 8 is what I expect Michigan to do to most of the people in the Big Ten. The only team that I don't expect Michigan to do that to is Ohio State. But Ohio State was beat yesterday by Penn State. Ohio State, I felt so bad for them to lose, uh, basically, to basically lose on one play, a, a blocked field goal. Because they make that field goal, they essentially have put, they essentially would have put Penn State out of reach. But by blocking that field goal and running it back for a touchdown, that hurt Ohio State's feelings. And while, yes, Ohio State lost, I still expect Ohio State to probably drop to number five or six, but they still will have to play Michigan at the end of the season. They still have to go up against Michigan. Michigan cannot avoid Ohio State. So that, that Ohio State still has motivation for two reasons. One, the rivalry game. But two, they can fight their way back into playoff contention because I do believe that game will decide who goes on to play in the Big Ten championship because even if if Ohio State beats Michigan, they will have the same record and the head-to-head will make the decision of who who wins the tiebreaker. So – Ohio State is still not out of it. No, I don't think they're out of it at all. I mean, you know, when you look at it, it's just the fact that they were they lost about three points yesterday. And you know, when you look when you accommodate that between, you know, that and the points, I agree with you. They're probably going to drop down to number five. But you still have to pay. You know, right now they're a six and one Ohio State team versus a seven and zero Michigan team. You know, and who knows what the, by the time they get they meet up, what the records are going to be. Michigan's just playing. Michigan's playing very very good this year, and I, I think that's indicative of where they you know started last year when Harbaugh took over. Um, number five, Washington handily beat Oregon State yesterday, forty one to seventeen. No surprise there. Um, number seven, Louisville, who you, who was who jumped to the second um, spot and then dropped down after a few losses, um, have now they they handily beat North Carolina State fifty four to thirteen. Nebraska beat Purdue twenty seven fourteen. Some of these, you know, obviously when you're looking at it, you expect your ranked teams to beat your unranked teams, um, which isn't always the case, obviously. Um, <laughs> We have seen the flip flop of everything from. But see, I want to go back to Washington. 
you 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 breezed right over Washington. They they did their job and they won handily. But I believe the Washington is the Chris Peterson factor. Chris Peterson, ever since he left Boise State, he said he was going to. He wanted to be in a in a in a, a Power Five conference. Boise State mm-hmm. was, did not make it into a Power Five conference. So now Chris Peterson moves on to Washington, and it's not one of the quote unquote big names in Pac in the Pac twelve or the Pac ten at that time. Uh, and he doesn't go to Stanford. He doesn't go to UCLA. He doesn't go to USC. He doesn't go to Arizona. Hmm. He goes to Washington. Now Washington is going to – he has brought that Boise State factor, that Smurf turf factor to Washington. All of the players, all of his linemen are big and fast. He has a rule that all of his big players have to be big and fast. You have to be like seven foot 19 and – 402 pounds and can run a 40-yard 40, 40 dash in 2.3 seconds. And he wants everybody to be oh, big God. and fast. And, but it, and it's working for him, though. It's definitely it, working for him. He has brought his formula. you got to be 9 foot 11, 800 pounds, and can run a 40-yard dash in 1.3 seconds. As you can tell, I'm increasing as I talk. And that's what Chris Peterson does. And I believe he is he does not have a he doesn't have a a scheme that he makes players follow, but he has a philosophy when he goes out and recruit. I believe coaches that have a philosophy instead of making players fit their scheme are, are there's a difference in that statement. Chip Kelly has people he makes fit his scheme. Chris Peterson has a philosophy when he goes to recruit because if if they fit his philosophy, he can come up with a scheme. And Washington is doing good because of him. It took a few oh, years. Man. Yeah, because you know, you know back years, in the heyday, Washington was, you know, Washington was blowing people up from years ago, and then all of a sudden they they fell off for a while, and now they got they have a great resurgence going on. They're seven and zero. And you know they're handling they're handling teams very very well, uh, you know. So it's very like I agree with you. You know he's definitely brought a different type of philosophy to the team, to where now they're winning consistently, they're playing at a high level, and there are very few teams that are actually being able to stay on the field with them. And you know I, I and I think back when I might have been in college or I may have been in high school. I can't remember when because um, Napoleon Kaufman paid there, right? I do believe so. Okay, yeah, that was back when they were great, you know. So that was, like I said, that was some years. <laughs> they were, I was, it's been I was some years like, turn, since then. I think I was turning into a Washington fan at that point. Like, man, they killing people. The Huskies just get it, you know. So, but as, like you said, you know, everything is indicative of coaching and, you know, how you if you're a type of person, a type of coach who has a philosophy about that and you can and you can develop schemes for the players that you want to recruit or if you want those that tries to fit puzzle pieces. You know, this is what I this is what I do and I need somebody that can do this in this game or do this in that game. You know, and both of them are are ideals that work. Obviously, you know, to, you know, depending on the person and the coach and the approach, you know, you can have success with it. Um but I, I'm very, I'm very good to see. I'm very happy to see like all the competitive play, man. There's so many, you know, undefeated teams, um, in the in right now in the NCAA. Unlike in the NFL, where we only have one team 
Minnesota Vikings. Um, <laughs> you know, there are several teams in in the in the NCAA, which I spoke of last week, that are still undefeated. Uh, and as of last week, they're still undefeated this week. So, you know, this is it's great to see all the high-level competition. Um, as we continue with scores, number 10, Washington, uh, Wisconsin beat Iowa 17-9. to uh, Houston, who's also playing pretty decent this year, they beat um, – well, they lost to SMU 38-16. I'm sorry. Oof. Like we were saying, unranked teams sometimes lose the – Went beat the ranked team. So SMU, who was a three and four team, beat a six and two team in Houston. Um, so this let's well, SMU know has it. pride. SMU has pride, and they're trying to get their team back to to uh, what it was in the early eighties. They're trying. They they they're they're bringing they're trying to bring the Pony Express back without the Pony Express problems. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Great way to put it. Um, Western West Virginia beat TCU for thirty four ten. And I remember when TCU used to you know, they had a great team a few years ago, man. And it seems like they're running to some challenges this year. They're only four and three. West Virginia is ranked number twelve. They're still number they're still one of the undefeated teams at six and zero. Oh. Um and it's just you know, it's it's, it's kind of, you know, your teams go through their ups and downs, obviously. So one minute you'll see a team doing very well. The next season you may not even hear it from them. Um, Oklahoma beat Texas Tech in the high-scoring game, 66-59. to Doesn't seem like any defense was played in that game <laughs> at all. See, the, there's this invention <laughs> that the Big, the Big 12 does not believe in defense. And, and that's one of the problems with your Baylors, your TCUs, your Texas Techs. When people talk about talk about those games, and you just made mention that TCU was good a few years ago. Even when they were good, they weren't playing defense. And that's why, to me, some of their players, when they get to the NFL, they don't have that readiness. The offensive players are not prepared to get hit because the teams in the, in the conference weren't hitting, and the defensive players were never taught how to play. So, cause they, uh, and that's why when you go to draft players, you hear about teams drafting from the ACC, the Big Ten, and SEC because the because Big they 12 want kids they can hit. Right. They yeah, want they players won't. that can hit, and they want players that can take a hit. The Big 12 is like they're allergic to defense. <laughs> I mean. That's funny. Being allergic to defense when you play football and – Let's think about it. When you think about the Big 12 back in the day, uh, your University of Texas, you could you could run down a list of players that are still playing defense from that uh, championship team that had that de- defeated USC. Oklahoma notoriously had great defenders. Brian Bosworth notoriously was a great defender. The Big 12 has def- has defense in his DNA. They got to get back to that. I'm sorry. The Big 12, yeah, you, I don't even enjoy yeah. watching the Big 12 because they don't play defense. Defense is part of what, what makes football fun to watch. Yes, people love the touchdown. Yes, people love the big play. Yes, people love the Hail Mary. Yes, people love the big run. But – those things are only fun to watch because of the defense that's being played. If it, if it's a breakaway play, because defense has been played all game, it becomes fun and it's a good play. If they're throwing, 
if the game is 78 to 79, okay, that wasn't a fun game to watch. They were just throwing the ball around the field. They were playing catch. Uh, right, exactly. You know, and it makes it does make it boring because, like you said, nobody's stopping anybody, and it's just a scoring fest. And you know, it. it I mean, when you, when you break down just the scores of this game, it was 13 10. First quarter, Oklahoma, Texas Tech. Second quarter was 17-14, Oklahoma, Texas Tech. Third quarter was 21-14, Oklahoma, Texas Tech. And then it was 15-21, Texas Tech, Oklahoma. So there was no defense anywhere. None. None. And, you know, like you say, I mean, if you take it back to the days of Brian Bosworth, who was a definite threat, who who would you know just soon look at you and hit you, <laughs> um, you know, back when we were younger and we were watching these teams, you know, growing up and we were aspiring to play college ball or NFL or whatever our dreams were at that point, you know, watching the watching our college heroes, if you will, um, really play the the game on both sides of the ball. And like you said, now it's just to the point to where it's like, how many points can we put up and we can just, you know, score and we'll just outscore them in the end. Um, you know, uh, uh, let's move on to number 17, Arkansas lost from lost by lost number 21, Auburn, 56 to three. Uh, wow. Okay. <laughs> UCLA. Wow. Okay. <laughs> UCLA dropped one to number 19, Utah 52 to, 50 to 45. I'm sorry. Eastern Michigan lost to uh, Wait, let's Western go Michigan. back to that. Before UCLA, Urban Utah? Meyer, no, uh, I'm talking – yeah, UCLA, Utah. Before Urban Meyer was the coach in Utah, did anybody pay attention to Utah? Ever since Not Urban really. Meyer was the coach there, Utah has been a factor ever since Urban Meyer. He yeah. has been a factor. They have been a factor ever since Urban Meyer. And now they're defeating they're defeating UCLA. There was a time period when Utah beating UCLA would have been well, not yeah. It wouldn't. And on top of that, it wouldn't have been you know it would have been unheard of at that point. Like you said, and now is Utah is now the destination school when it comes to players. Yeah, because the, the program is good, and they, you know, they're, I mean, they're ranked number nineteen in the country. So, you know, it, it's not a bad choice if you want to go. You know, if that's where you want to go to school, because it's a they have a great program. Um, the state of Utah ooh. used to be used to be three things: Mormons, BYU, and nothingness. Now, there's people are saying, "Well, Utah, you got time to go study, and you can play football." But that's all Utah used to be considered of BYU, Mormon, and yeah, you didn't really Salt you didn't Lake really City. hear a lot. But you know, I take that back, man. Utah State had a great has a great program too. They're you know obviously they're not one of the top five, the top five power conferences, but they've had they've had a good program for a while. You know I, I don't I don't they don't obviously they don't get the same recognition as your BY as BYU did back in the day. Um, but they've, you know, I think that I think it's just now coming to the point to where you actually get these teams are more um, because they've made some conference moves and you know gotten and been able to garner some um, some notoriety. Um, moving on, Western Michigan, who's eight and zero, dropped Eastern Michigan forty five thirty one. Uh, Eastern Michigan is my youngest brother's alma mater. Sorry, y'all, just didn't pull that one off. Um, then we got North Carolina, number 22, who beat Virginia 35-14. to 
The number 25 LSU beat out Mississippi 38 to 21 and rounding it all out number 24 Navy beat Memphis 42 to 28. We said Navy's been playing some ball lately. Um and it's very I think that, you know they're 5 and 1 right now so it, it's looking pretty good for them. Um as far as getting into a bowl game, I'm not going to say they're going to get into the, to the you know the champion the playoffs, but you know at this point people are just looking for bowl contention unless you're in the top four. <laughs> so well, see that's the thing. The, the the interesting thing that I enjoy looking at is how strong conferences are. Um, mm-hmm. Which you got four teams in the Big Ten in the top ten. Uh, uh, I will say. The cream of the crop in the Big Ten, realistically, only two that people really care about are Ohio State and Michigan. People do forget Wisconsin is number 10 and Nebraska is number 8, and they both took care of their jobs on Saturday. So they're not going to drop. And then when I'm people love to talk about the SEC and how dominant the SEC is, and SEC this and SEC that, I think – there's a large gap between Alabama and the next team. There's a large gap. Don't get me wrong, Texas A&M is doing their job. But they still lost to Alabama. I, yeah, I and, and, say, and that's, still, and I that's a huge gap say, between those teams. Right. I would personally say Texas A&M is the second best team in the SEC. But there's a huge – it's not a huge gap. There's a huge chasm between Texas A&M and, and Alabama. And SEC is, when it comes to football and college football, as much as the Big Ten and the ACC are doing well these days, I just think that SEC is going through a valley. And if this is your valley and you're still this good, then, dang, you are good. <laughs> because right. even in their – even even in their quote unquote slump years, and everybody else is getting recognition, you're still a force to be reckoned with. So I do personally love that my Big Ten, and I love the Big Ten. It looks good. I do see the ACC looking good. Look at Florida State. Look at Clemson. Look at West Virginia. The ACC is something to be reckoned with. A few years ago. The only thing that mattered out of ACC was North Carolina, and we all looked at ACC as that's just a basketball conference. I don't even know why they're even considered Power Five. That's what people used to think about about them for a few years. I mean, even with Miami not doing so great, Miami is still something people still say, okay, we can't sleep against Miami. So the ACC right. still does exist. And when you look at these Power Five conferences, I almost wish there were zero conferences so we could just see playing football games going on all over, around the country. The only thing that, that power conferences do for me is make it easier for you to tell who's actually that good. But if there was zero conferences, can you imagine what the playoff, the playoffs would look like every year? Yeah, it'd probably be a little bit more fair, just slightly. A little <laughs> bit more fair, a little bit more crazy. A little, mm-hmm. It actually might look like the NC2As in basketball. You would have no idea who's going to win on any given playoff game. Right, right. Uh, you know, it and, makes and, it and easier they, for us to figure out what's going ex- on. Yeah, definitely. They, and they may expand it beyond, you know, the four teams right now. I think, I think they're going to go to eight. Down, 
I think if I they think go to go a to larger eight. team, it, it would make sense, man. Give them all. I say if you I think the ideal it, you know, number give, would be give six. Them all for, I yeah. think the ideal number would be okay. six. One and two okay. get to play out by, and three through three through six uh, have to play one extra game. I think the ideal number would be six. I think I think four is not enough. I think eight is too much. I think six would be a, a perfect number. The top two teams getting like a, a bye. In that first round, a first round playoff bye, similar to the way the NFL does it with uh, their six teams getting a first round bye. I think six would be mm-hmm. perfect. Uh, well, uh, with that being said, I, I, um, go ahead. Go ahead, finish your story. No, what are you saying? Uh, we we, we clearly woke you up on that thought process. <laughs> <laughs> I was not asleep. I'm actually um, all into this game here. The Rams and the Giants. I was not asleep. I heard every word, and I, I definitely do agree, especially with the playoff system. But I also know that it is about time to do something that we absolutely love to do, and that is. Go around the league. Woohoo! Oh. Uh-oh, around the league is our way of saying that we, this is where we get to go in for we get to go in on people. That's our way of saying it. Time for us to just randomly go in on you. I hope you did something good. Wow. When you get to I you, just, or I hope you did something bad. I just want to say wow. I just want to say wow right now. The Rams were winning this game until, you know, a crazy phone. 5 seconds ago. <laughs> no. The Rams are always winning this and game until something crazy happens. No, no, it's in the sand. The Rams are walking off the field and going to take the L. 17-10 after they held the Giants to no score for so long. The Giants what? are going to take the W in this one. Uh, yeah. uh, so there it is. Come on, there it LA. is. I mean, just, right. just, Tell just, the people about the LA team. But... <sighs> I just knew. I and, and and of course, it was headed in the end zone after two failed touchdown attempts. This would have been pass number three, and um, unfortunately, it was picked off. Last play of the game. Giants just took a knee. That's it. Twenty six seconds left. Nothing major is gonna happen. Ready to go. Wow. Mm-hmm. Sounds like the Rams. So. <laughs> Sorry, uh So Yeah, that oh Zam fans. Y'all had a chance. Quick open the game, balling, like, oh my goodness. Just wow. Wow. As we go around the league, there's something that we we cannot ignore. Uh, and if you've been alive in the last few days, you've heard mention of it. And if you're a football fan, you've definitely heard mention of it. There's this idiot, jerk, and a few other names that I can't say on the radio named Josh Brown. If you've noticed anything they've talked about, it, he has been an admitted domestic violence abuser. And they had basically let everything pass and had only gotten one a one game suspension. 
Now they finally put him on the exempt list, and the Giants have signed Robbie Gold as their uh, kicker. But let's try about this. Uh, but that being said, there's no way if you read any of the transcripts, read any of the interviews, read any of this, I would put him below Tevin Hardy. That should be saying a whole lot. This dude is not on any planet <coughs> anything worth listening to. He said he felt his wife was his slave. He does not believe anything he's done wrong. He would make her go do this. He would make her go do that. And the NFL. Well, you 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 know you what's say, hard about this though. And and I'm not, you know, I am in no way, shape, or form condoning it. And I, I'm extremely upset because he did document these things in his journal, and there have been over 20 um, phone calls to 911 regarding the abuse. What I'm more upset about is the fact that when this happened, in the case of Ray Rice, um, Adrian Peterson. I'll even throw Greg Hardy in there. Um, immediately, I said Kevin Hardy. Immediately. Okay. Immediately, they were thrown under the bus. They were couldn't play. It, 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 it was just complete mayhem. People were throwing spitballs at them. I'm exaggerating, but it was that bad. This was known. There are actually two open cases of which the biggest one with the most information is from May of 2015, and he was still re-signed and given a signing bonus. That, no, no, ma'am. I cannot, I, I cannot accept that. Um, even and the was- owner of the team has tried to make excuses. Now, the deeper you get into this, Josh Brown is carrying a heavy mental burden. Not to say that this condones it, a very, very heavy mental burden um, due to something that happened to him in his childhood. So clearly, the man needs help. He shouldn't even be out there on the field making any type of impact. He should be somewhere, as of right now, to me, he should be in jail. But even prior to this, the man needed to get help, period. And to know that this was going on and to know that there were hints of domestic abuse going on and the team and the league kept kept going like, oh, you know what, he's okay. Or however they were doing it, they did not clamp down on him the way they did Ray Rice. And this all came about because earlier prior to the show, I really wish I would have had a chance to see Ray Rice play again. Because I think Ray Rice, would have been better than a lot of these additions and a lot of these pickups. And I think he would be a good addition to some really some, some teams that are in need of his style of play. And his entire career is over. Now, that was a decision that he did make, and your decisions do govern how things play out. But this man got a contract and a signing bonus. While he after had two open DVK. After, right. Yeah. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. I, 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 I'm, I'm completely appalled at everything that was found in this journal. Definitely that. But the fact that their excuse is being made, and he was just put on the exempt list, and so he's sitting in the corner with the dunce cap. I mean, it's, it's, 
It's too much. That, no, and the crazy thing is. the same way with Johnny Manziel. I think they took too long with Johnny Manziel. People say, oh, well, there were no videos for Josh Brown, but there was video with Johnny Manziel, and they still broke <laughs> their feet. And, and, and the thing is, it doesn't have to be, you don't have to have video if the person already said they did it. What do you need video for? You know, right. this, is that, something that, he was, this is something he was arrested for last last May. So, that you know, and then it, they, the NFL took, his, took their 10-month investigation to drag it on, you know, and go through all of that, the problem, of course. The problem, that, the problem that I have with Josh Brown in comparison to with everybody else Everybody else, even like even with Greg Hardy, he even as much as we don't like him, he claimed to have remorse. Ray Rice appears to have definite remorse. Adrian Peterson has remorse. Josh Brown has zero remorse throughout this entire process. Even now that it's public, if and, he has not. And, but you know what? He, The remorse he, he, to me. he has a problem, and so he has a problem and does not know how to be remorseful. He has admitted that basically his life has been a lie. He stated that he has had a porn addiction and has been abused by women all the way back to the age of seven after being molested by women that young. He's mentally not there. He's not there. But you can't you can't be um this is something that we would see on criminal minds. Like, dude, we we for real, Shamar Moore is not here. You cannot live your life enslaving people <laughs> to make them pay back what you feel is revenge for what happened to you by women. You need help. You do not need to pummel someone else's daughter, someone else's sister, someone else's mother for that. And, and the sad thing is when you're this bad, you don't realize that you, you're so full of rage and you have this tunnel vision of what you'll do to the next woman that talks back to you. This is wrong. And you, you're endangering other players and, and the women that are around them from their daughters to their sisters. Dude needs help, but right now he needs to get it in the jail cell. Because this is absolutely ridiculous. But he doesn't know how to be remorseful because he feels that taking out his rage of what happened to him or what he has alleged happened to him as as a young child on women, primarily his wife. And sometimes I got to wonder where family is because I can't imagine even calling you guys. You guys are like brothers to me. And I can't imagine – giving you guys some type of hint about what's going on and nobody comes to check on me. Exactly. You know, the, you have to be paying attention and, you know, there's no way that any of uh, this happened and nobody knew exactly what was going on. Um, you know, especially if you're in a position to where you're the, you're the owner of the team and, you know, to make a statement like, well, you know, we kind of, we heard about it and, that was right. Funny. But you didn't. You, but you did nothing about it. You didn't sit him down. You didn't put him off the team. You know, when it came to all the other offenders, y'all. You know, the NFL was very quick to make decisions and do put and hand out suspension. You hand out suspension for one game, and here, you know, the first game of the season, and here we are in week seven, and you're just now putting him on the exempt list. Another thing that I have to say that relates to what both of you all have just talked about, and other people have brought it up. As far as the owner and the, the GM concerned, where my issue with them is, 
even if you want to say you didn't know how to handle it, during the negotiation of this new contract, you could have just said, well, we won't negotiate until this is all happened. Thank you. You didn't thank have you. to give them it's, a chance. Thank you. Exactly. I'm not saying that you exactly. had to cut them at that point. You didn't have to cut them because there might be CBA implications. You could have just said, okay, we won't negotiate until this is over with. That that would have been the easy way out, and it would have been a quote-unquote cop-out, but that would have been better than to give him another contract. You gave him a contract extension during what you knew to be a problem. Most other GMs would be like, all right, wait a minute. We're going to wait for this to be over with. The and the crazy thing, but, here, but, here's, but here's the crazy – who? What you say? I said the Knicks uh, rushed to give Derrick right. Rose a new contract. They <laughs> this situation's over with now. Now they can consider giving him a contract after the season's over with. Here is the craziest thing in the world to me. With this coming out, have the Giants lost a single sponsor? Nope. Mm. Uh, nope. Mm. The Vikings lost sponsors left and right over to Adrian Peterson. Left and right. Radisson was the first to bail. Left and right. They were pulling his jersey out of Target and everywhere. Oh, Nike dropped him. Okay. Now, in that defense, though, in that defense, the state of Minnesota might be a little not bit, where the uh, office of the Radisson is, but okay. The Radisson. That's not where I was going with it. That's that. not where I was going with it. That's definitely not where I was going with it. I was going where the impact of the fans in Minnesota can't handle the same thing with the impact of the fans in New York can handle. That mm-hmm. might be an excuse, but, but. No, no. No, because the fans were very torn because some fans were like, okay, so where's the issue? And other fans were like, you can't do it. It wasn't even a fan. It had nothing to do with the fans. The minute the Vikings said, okay, we're going to let him play until this actually becomes a real court case. The Radisson jumped. Nike jumped off, off the Adrian Peterson bandwagon. You signed a man with two open DV cases, of which was just arrested last May and gave him a signing bonus and not a single sponsor bailed. You had this man on the field until, what, a week ago? You had him out there playing ball knowing that he had DV cases. The minute the Vikings said, no, we're going to let AP come back until it's like become something. Bam, 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 out of there, out of there, out of there. Really? Really, I'm over it. Yeah, unfortunately, this you know, works I mean, in a double you, standard with men and, and males and females. This is this is crazy. And this is that, and that's what it boils down to. You know, the the there is a definite difference in the treatment of the same activity, regardless of you know the origin of the activity or what brought it on, or you know, or brought on the behavior. There's a definite different response to pay. Unfortunately, here we are with the color thing, but let's be for real. You know, that's what it, that's what, that's what it looks like it boils down to. It, as, soon as, it, as soon as Adrian was accused and they brought him back, it was like, oh, my God, he's a child abuser. We got to let him go. We we can't support that. They dropped everybody, Bill. 
This guy, nothing. He documented it. Nothing. He got it written down in a journal, even though and and it's not like it'd be different if he was like you know if it was all um you know t- him talking to his shrink and something like that and and, and, and these are his own words or his own thoughts. His his own truth written out. And you mean to tell me that y'all, nobody, none of these huge corporations, backers, have an issue with this? Not right. This needs to go into the files of the dumbest criminals in history, writing down all of the dumb stuff you did. Not only was um, he, not only did he do all these things, which was horrible, he wrote it down. He documented it, right? He wrote it down. <laughs> Most of the times we see stuff like this on TV, and we are just right, looking at how dumb these minds. criminals are. This is like something on criminal minds or something. This is reality, and this is um. I feel so bad for her. I feel so bad that she has to endure someone who was mentally ill. That yeah, affects and her and psyche. Man, go ahead. Her, her kids, you know, it's a lot right, that that's... comes with dealing with mental, you know, and 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 hopefully, you know, I, I really don't want him to get off because of the the mental thing, you know. No, I, I want him to get help in jail. I want him, you know, you get help, but you exactly you get help, but yo yo help need to be behind bars. You don't need to be out. We're getting slapped on the wrist. Going to a little country club, you know, rehab center. And doing that, you need to actually get some serious help, get some, and, you know, get your God complex, complex issues resolved, um, you know, which is things like, you know, because I read, you know, part, I read an article last week when it first came out and read the, some of the things that he had put in the journal and how, you know, how he saw himself. And I get all that, you know, people grow up with crazy lives. <laughs> You never know I mean, what he any said he was been, molested you know, and abused. So okay, you know, so he, he and, needs you know, right? But it these and and it sounds as if this is something he was aware of for a long time. This is not something that is just you know popped up for him. This has been ongoing behavior. So he knows he was sick. You know, he knew his behavior. He knew why he was doing what he was doing. And but, and, and 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 I can say this in in defense of that. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, only because I've had to deal with my brother's suicide and um, other people who were at that point in life, and they thought we were nuts. And we're like, uh, no, it's really not us, okay? Um, but they really don't know. Well, they don't you know. know. And I, it's, like I it's, said, it's I sad, hope- though that she had to be his battering ram due to his mental issues. And it's sad that it was known or speculated, not fully investigated, because even when the King County Sheriff's Department had to shoot back at the NFL, the NFL was like, we've been trying to get information on this for a year. And they were like, our representatives, I'll leave him nameless, was there. And they were like, not once did you guys tell us that you were the NFL or he was a representative of the NFL so of course we weren't going to give him any information. That's absolutely right. If you just showed up, if you just I, showed up asking and you don't identify yourself, they have no reason to give you anything because 
for all they know, you could be just some random newspaper guy or, you know, reporter or detective or some, exactly. you know, who knows who you are. But if you go in and say, hey, I represent the NFL, we've heard, you know, we we want we are investigating into this and we'd like to get the information, that wouldn't take you a year. They would be willing, they would have gave you the information right away. So I find it hard to believe that they actually sent somebody, you know, to to get to do the research and do the investigation and not come back with anything until a year later. That's absurd. But they 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 wouldn't even give it to them. And so why didn't the NFL eventually show up and say, "No, for real, this is us." I mean, right. we watched arbitrations go on with Adrian Peterson and Ray Rice and they had to be a part of it and go get special people and talking drafts and whatever else happened. But if you really wanted this information and you really knew that this was going on or there was some serious speculation, if nothing else, I would have sent a representative like, look, I'm here from the NFL. We need X, Y, and Z because we're going to either do one of two things. One, put this to bed because the accusations are deeming to be false. Or two, oh, my God, what is going on? Get this man off the field. He can no longer be a representative of us here in the NFL. I know we're a fraternity of brothers. He needs help, but more importantly, he needs to go to the police department and turn himself in. Right. You did not so, do I mean, him any favor. Any favor. By doing this. <laughs> any. It didn't help him. You prolong it, you know, you prolong him getting the help that he should have gotten six, seven weeks ago. You know, and or even a year ago. A year ago. Two Excuse years me? ago, when the first report, and what's the motto of the, of the team? Of, of the, the New York, York Football Giants complain claims that they are the moral compass of the NFL, and they clearly are showing their moral compass is very low. <clears throat> yeah, it's not looking good. I mean, you know, like you like you said before, man. You know, when it comes down to it. All you know, there we expect some type of drama out of teams like Dallas and you know some other teams who have a history of that that this sort of thing around the league. But New York has always prided itself on you know being drama free. But I mean, let's be for real. The last few weeks, you know, Odell. I mean, I'm I'm sorry. (laughs) Giants have you know have had problems with um you know they're dealing with Odell Beckham and and his thing. And so it's becoming, you know, very clear that it's not as clean, squeaky clean as they they would like it to be, you know, and that their house is not exactly in order, um, as indicative by what's going on right now with Josh Brown. So I think that image is, you know, flailing at best um, for them right now. And how they handle this is definitely going to be. You know how the league handles it as a whole, how the team handles it as a whole. It's definitely, it's definitely being watched by everybody. You know, um, especially those who um, who have been in similar situations on other teams and whose outcomes, like Ray Rice's, you know, unfortunate um, at best. So I think when it really comes down mm-hmm. to it, it's, it's, it's you know, it's, it's a sad. It's, I, I feel you know, I, I definitely have. Compassion and sympathy for his wife and, and his fat and his kids and the stuff that they've had to endure because of you know his mental um, situation and the thing and, and what he's dealt with and, and what he's de- you know dealt out to them. Um, I have empathy for him. 
you know, I, I just can't say sympathy, but I'm definitely empathetic of his situation. But he definitely needs help, and he definitely needs to pay yeah. pay for what he's done. You know, um, he does. Nobody's it, it can't be battering around. But it can't but be. As, if anything, uh, if anything good comes out of this, they did get a really good kicker, and I'm sad because Vikings fans were hoping that Robbie Gold would like wear a purple jersey like this year. But you know, and Robbie and Robbie has uh, Robbie has definitely trying to make his stay. He and he's trying to make his make it count for him. <laughs> you know, I would too. You know, if um, I had the opportunity, and they say, "Hey, man, come here and kick," because we got regardless of how you got there and why you're there, you have the opportunity to still continue playing. I think he's going to you know do what he can and keep the job going, man, the rest of the year. So um, we'll we'll see how that works out for him. Um, and hopefully it, it does it it serves him well. This you know this this transaction over from the Bears to the Giants. So we'll see. Uh, we are getting ready to close up in a little bit here um, as the game gets ready to start. If you have not made all your adjustments to your family fantasy football um, teams, please do so. Don't want you to get caught without you know your, the players you need. Um, if you got somebody out who's out, you might want to make those changes. You got people in, in the reserve, uh, make those changes as you need to, and hopefully you will come out on top today, um, as it stands right now. Bernard, let them know where they can find us as we get ready to wind it all up. As usual, you can find us on the Blog Talk Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com/slash-football-fan-rush-radio. You can also find us in the Apple Podcast app as we are searchable there, and you can just type in Football Fan Rush Radio. We are also available, <clears throat> excuse me, on the TuneIn Radio app, and just do a search there for Football Fan Rush. And then don't forget to check us out on our social media network pages. Um, Cass is often managing the Football Fan Rush Twitter app, uh, Football Fan Rush uh, right there. Then. Um, you can find Mike at M. Tyrell. You can find myself at Renard M. Then you can always find us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash footballfanrushradio. And then don't forget to just check us out and look for us all over and do the grand and wonderful Google search for Football Fan Rush Network and Football <laughs> Fan Rush Network <laughs> Radio. Definitely. All right. So, so you know where to find us it. now. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and so. oh. Guys, happy NFL Sunday. Once again, we're getting ready to kick uh, off. Definitely, definitely. Go, go Vikings. Yay! You know, we, we, have, we have to definitely, you know, um, wind our show up with this. This is, you know, hopefully we don't run into any licensing issues. It's short enough. I won't play the whole thing. But if you know this song, you know. Say it again, y'all. Football. 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 <laughs> Name Tarula, I'm a real bad dude. Oh, I love Goldie it. Goldie Hawn's great. Oh, I love, love it. I love Goldie it. Goldie Hawn's so, greatest movie. You all have a great NFL Sunday. Just wanted to send you off with, you know, just something really fun. You know, to get you all started as your team takes the field. Um, ours took the field last week, and, you know, we know how that turned out. They mine, is, mine is not. Hers go, take, go the Minnesota Vikings take the field in the right field. And 
you know, they're getting ready to do their thing. So you all have a great day. Enjoy it. Like I said, good luck to you and your fantasy football leagues, and be safe out here in this world because it is crazy. Y'all have a great one. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.